And hello, everyone, and welcome to our program, The Truth Will Set You Free, Bible Prophecy Edition. I'm Big Batista, along with Nathan Jones of Lamb Lion Ministry, and we're excited for today's program. So stay tuned as we have a great program prepared for you today as we talk about Christian soldiers in the last days. And of course, for those of you that are following live via social media, we'd love for you to share this program with your friends and family so they can follow along and join us today. But before we continue, I'm going to ask my co-host, Nathan Jones, if he will open us up with a word of prayer. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for being our general, our master, our savior. And we thank you so much, Lord, for guiding us with your word. And uh, Lord, we just praise you. And we ask, Lord, you'll speak through us today so we may understand your purposes. Thank you, Jesus, in your precious name. Amen. Amen. Again, you tune into the Truth Will Set You Free Bible Prophecy Edition. Big Batista Nathan Jones with Lamb Lion Ministry. Again, Christian soldiers is our topic for today. And of course, before we continue, I'm going to welcome my co-host Nathan Jones to the program. Nathan, welcome. Hey, brother. Good to be back with you again. Another week. That's right. It's good to be in arms with you this week, Nathan, in our spiritual battle. Uh -huh. Brothers in arms. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I like that, and you know, Nathan, it, it's uh we're talking about this wonderful topic about Christian soldiers, and um, it's really exciting. We thank the Lord, right, Nathan, for those wonderful men and women that serve our country, that allow us to have the freedom uh, that we have, and uh, we're we're very grateful for our country. Oh, absolutely. I as of the recording this week, this is the week of Memorial Day, twenty twenty, and it was so sad, obviously, with the coronavirus shutdowns and. At least here in Texas, the torrential rains, we didn't have any Memorial Day services or parades or used to be commemorative services. And uh, it was very sad. I, I, I like each year to, to go to the Memorial Day and Veterans Day and even Fourth of July festivities. And uh, I just thank the Lord for all those who have served. Uh, my father was in the Navy and my father-in-law in the Air Force. And my son wants to join the Coast Guard. Uh, I was came about at a time period when there was no war. So when I got out of high school back in the 90s, I, I didn't. But I, it's one of my regrets in life that I didn't uh, serve. Well, Nathan, wow, thank you. So I'm so glad. Thank you for your family serving our country, you know, and now your son also. I, I think that's fantastic. My son Isaac is in the Marines right now as well. And, uh, you know, what a blessing it is to have our family members serve our country. Oh, yeah. And I just I was so proud of how you handled Isaac choosing to go in the Marines and going off you. You're so proud of him. You know, you weren't worried or not like this lackadaisical view nowadays that the military is a, a dead end or we don't want our kids to go. Uh, it's an honor to serve and that we have a country that's the Lord is blessed so militarily powerfully. And, and uh, just just thank you, man. I appreciate you sending your son off to like that. Oh, no, Nathan, it's fantastic. My brother was in the Marines as well. You know, I love this. I love the, the, the service. I wanted to go to the Marines myself, Nathan, but the Lord had different plans. So he put me in the Lord's army. But I just think it's a it's a fantastic opportunity for uh, young men and women uh, to go into that, make a career out of it, serve our country. Uh, my son uh, and, uh, you know, and his friends, uh, you know, it's, it's just a great opportunity and just the discipline and everything else that goes with it. So it's sad sometimes when people downplay the importance of anybody that chooses that like it's something beneath anything else you know oh yeah i i mean when you look back into the 60s in the vietnam era how terrible they treated the soldiers uh, my father had stories of coming back and going through the airport and hippies spitting on them and calling them baby killers like 
what a blessing in the 80s when there was a resurgence of patriotism and respect for our soldiers. And now there seems to be kind of an apathy for it, uh, uh, you know, an honor, but then again, not a, a passion for it. I, I kind of like the system that Israel and Switzerland does by sending their sons for three years, about three years, in the service, required service. And, and even the women have to do two years in service, although in a support capacity. I think that's a wonderful thing. Not only does it give them discipline and direction and skills, but it also gives them uh, uh, patriotism. It helps them understand the value of life and of their country. And uh, that's something really missing in the United States. Recently in the news, there's talk in, in the House about offering a bill that would require mandatory service in the military. And of course, quickly, everyone's poo-pooing it and saying that's terrible. And how dare they take two years of their kids' lives and I think that's the very attitude that is really messing up our country's patriotism because the kids aren't invested in what our country stands for and fighting for it. Mm, excellent point, Nathan. And again, you know, when you look at the history of America, so many wonderful men and women laid down their lives so that we can benefit with what we have today. And these are the, the, the privileges that we take for granted. And we recognize that, again, uh, freedom is not free. Someone paid uh, a price, a great price for it. Oh, absolutely. And I heard recently that well over a million Americans laid down their life for our freedom. We really take it for granted. So thank you, Lord, for these reminders, these days we have, like Veterans Day, Memorial Day, to, to sit down and ponder more than barbecues and getting together with friends. <laughs> it's, it's a time to think that people have shed their blood for our freedom. Mm, excellent, Nathan. And that's why today also, you know, we also recognize it, even in the Christian circle, uh, the blessing that we have, the freedoms that we have in Christ. Uh, it, there was a lot of blood that was shed. And of course, the one that laid down his life was Jesus Christ uh, for us. And, and now we are his followers. And, you know, Nathan, Paul encourages Timothy in the Bible, likewise, to consider himself in the same footsteps of our Lord, to consider himself a Christian, but in a, in a sense, also a soldier. And Nathan, as we dive there to a second Timothy chapter two, would you be able to open us up by reading verses one through four for us? Oh, that's an excellent segue because you're right. As many Americans who died for the freedom for this country, think of how many Christians have died for the cause of Christ over the last 2000 years. Well, well over a million. Second uh, Timothy two, one through four reads, you therefore, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Jesus Christ. And the things that you have heard from me among many witnesses, commit these to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. You therefore must endure hardship as a good soldier of Christ Jesus. No one engaged in warfare entangles himself with the affairs of this life, that he may please him who enlisted him as a soldier. Mm, Nathan, I love that as, as Paul there is encouraging uh, young Timothy, these are a powerful verses as we just talked about, you know, when you look at the military, there's discipline involved, there's courage involved, there's service involved, uh, there's submission involved. And, and, and Paul there, again, encouraging Timothy, he brings about uh, all these, uh, you know, very important things that need to go with uh, serving the Lord. Uh, Nathan, I don't know about you, but I just, I, I mean, verse three really pops out. He says, you therefore must endure hardship as Christians, as soldiers. I mean, that is something that we are, we, we're going to need to really practice uh, and that's endurance in these areas. It's interesting as you read through the seven churches in Revelation and the final phase of the church age, Laodicea is apathetic. The Lord says, lukewarm, either hot or cold, I'll spit you out. And doesn't it seem like when a country gets into a peacetime, 
there's a lull in patriotism. There's an apathy towards the military. Uh, we get comfortable, and certainly the United States is the only superpower now, although it looks like China's on the rise. And we've gotten very apathetic. We're very comfortable in our position. And, and our military, uh, you know, it's always getting budget cuts depending on what president comes in and out. You know, there's just, we're losing patriotism in our country because we're not fighting for something. And we see that in the church. Boy, I've been reading some scary statistics about how few people evangelize and share the gospel, even their own testimony in the church. I think it's like less than 10% of Christians have shared their faith at least once during the year with an unbeliever. And, you know, that's, that's not, if we were defending a country and building, building a kingdom as we are supposed to for Jesus Christ, then, wow, those are sad testimony. No wonder uh, we are not interested in the hardships of, of serving the Lord anymore. We're interested in the comfort and the peace and yeah, brother, you and me are both looking towards the millennial kingdom where there'll be peace and righteousness and justice and no war. But right now, we're under siege by Satan and there's a war and we need to fight it. Yes, and Nathan, you know, and yet the Bible also tells us, Second uh, Corinthians 10, 4, it, it talks about, you know, all, all of what God has given to us to be able to fight this fight. I know you're going to take us there to 2 Corinthians 10, 4, but Nathan, that, you, you mentioned it. It's, it's a very sad state. Uh, of the Christian church at large in the United States of America, because we're we're more concerned about our comforts and talk. When you talk to any Christians about suffering or difficulties, uh, I mean, it, it's like they, they run from those kind of things. When 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 you tell individuals, hey, have you considered missions, overseas missionaries? Just the thought of even that is like what and it's it's really amazing how things have changed how uh, uh we have become so comfortable uh, in our culture and it's it's become very very discouraging to many pastors in, in in churches as i talk to them uh just the um the lack of enthusiasm in the church christians of getting involved in evangelizing and serving and yet here paul says to timothy that we're supposed to be soldiers of jesus christ right nathan Absolutely. Here in Texas, we get what's called brush fires. Uh, the prairies will set on fire and the winds will burn and will push the fire and the flames quickly across the countryside. And that's very much like the gospel was. Uh, it started in Jerusalem and burned out and headed towards uh, uh, the West and through Europe and England and then into the United States. And, and now it's heading uh, and strong out there in Asia. And wherever it goes, it whatever it burns it behind is charred and, and little burns. And, that, you know, the gospel is like that as it moves its way westward around the globe. It seems like it's so passionate as it goes through. And then the subsequent generations afterwards are just a little bit of tinder. And uh, we saw that in Europe. I mean, look, look at Great Britain in the 1800s. You know, the, the mission fervor and the missionaries sent out in the world. And now you look at England, less than one percent. Of people are even go to church in England now. Now the United States, definitely a post-Christian nation. The, the gospel has moved on past us and moved into Asia where the persecution strong in China and other countries there, and yet the gospel burns brightly like a brush fire. So once it's all the way around the world, you know, the Lord says, I think that's it. That's the once around the globe and then uh, it's ready for the Lord to take us home. 
Mm, excellent point, Nathan. And you know, I, I I hope the Christians recognize that we should we, we don't have to fear. We have again, God has equipped us with all that we need to fight this battle. But it's a real spiritual battle that we find ourselves in, and we need to wake up and recognize that we are soldiers, and we need to behave and act like soldiers. And and with that, Nathan, Second Corinthians ten four actually tells us really uh, how we can protect ourselves, what God has equipped us with. Well, you're right. Uh, for the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for pulling down strongholds. We're told here that if you're a soldier in Christ, yes, you're going to endure hardship because anyone who follows Jesus, Jesus, obviously the son of God, the savior of the world, was crucified and murdered on a cross for our sins. So, so yeah, Jesus even said as Christians, because we bear his name, we will be persecuted also. But that doesn't mean that we're helpless and without any power. Our our warfare is not carnal. In other words, we're not carrying swords and shields, and we're not like crusaders who are using might by the hand to conquer the infidel. No, we are given spiritual weapons, the Holy Spirit himself, to empower us. We're given the Bible, which is the word of God that we may learn and share. We have our own testimonies of God's work in our hearts. So we are well armed to share the gospel. Even the person who is just saved and doesn't know much about the Bible or God still knows more and has more weaponry at his disposal than anybody who isn't saved. So, yeah, our, our weapons are powerful and the Lord wants us to use them. You know, Nathan, that's an amazing point because I know next we're going to be looking at Ephesians 6, 17, but I think that that's a great encouragement uh, for anyone that is out there. God doesn't send us out to battle with nothing. I mean, he gives us again here uh, what we are to arm ourselves with. And, and again, th these are powerful weapons to pulling down strongholds. Again, it's showing us, like you said, Nathan, it's a spiritual battle. And, and we're going to notice that in Ephesians 6, uh, verse 17, Nathan, if you take us there, just to con so individuals can consider what the Bible has to say and how we can protect ourselves. Oh, yeah, I mean, that's just a... Verse 17 is just a bit of the whole armor of God. If you read verses 10 through 20, and of course I won't do that, but you know, here it says in verse 14, stand therefore having gird your waist with truth and having put on the breastplate of righteousness and shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. And above all, take the shield of faith with which you will able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one. Then verse 17, and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. And he goes on to talk about prayer. So brother, as Christians, we are well armed to fight the good fight and be soldiers for Jesus Christ. Not soldiers that conquer people by sword and shield, but conquer hearts by the work of the Holy Spirit so that men may be saved. Mm, I love that. Thanks, Nathan. Again, for those of you that just tuned in, those of you following us on social media, you tuned into The Truth Will Set You Free, Bible Prophecy Edition. Vic Batista, Nathan Jones with Lamb Lion Ministries, as we're talking about, again, these Christ Christian soldiers in the last days and our equipping and the, 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 the powers that God has given to us. They're not carnal, but they're for pulling down strongholds. And Nathan, uh, prayer is one of those powerful weapons that you just mentioned there as we put on the armor of God. Right. You know, it's amazing how little people access all that power. Uh, prayer is the connection. Uh, the Lord wants us to pray, and there's so many different ways of praying. I've been reading a spiritual disciplines book, and uh, I just had no idea there were so many different types of prayer out there that we could do. Liturgical prayer and breath prayer and uh, uh, prayer fasting and just all sorts of these different things that 
that I'm learning about and to connect us to God. I mean, if God is the all-powerful source of everything, then wouldn't we want to be connected with him? That'd be like a soldier going out on the battlefield and facing down an army and not having his own army backing him up. You know, one guy against an army is going to fail. And I think we as Christians feel that way. We feel like we're out there doing it alone, and that's because we're not connected to the Lord through prayer, through Bible study, and through a good, strong church. Mm, excellent point, Nathan. And, and you said it. You know, one of the things my son Isaac in the Marines is very close to his boys. He calls them his boys because <laughs> one of the things that he tells me is that they, they have each other's backs. I mean, they really do. It's like they're very tight and they're not alone wherever they go. Uh, they, they know that they're going together. And, and it's nice to know that that we, we really are not alone, Nathan. You and I have known each other for over 10 years. We got each other's backs. We're soldiers of the Lord. And, and I think Christians need to recognize that, that they need to uh, recognize who's around them and, and partner up with them and encourage each other. Absolutely. I think of you as my battle buddy. Hey, hey I like that. <laughs> Yeah, and we've been through many spiritual battles together, So, and, and there's more as we continue to share the gospel together, but that goes with the territory, right, Nathan? Right, right. Years ago, I had a, a good friend of mine, he got out of the Army, and he lamented that he missed the camaraderie of his, what he called his battle buddies, and uh, he left the place where we were working at the time and went re-enlisted because he missed it so much, and I've always liked that term, battle buddies, but, you know, there was a a union there, a, a, bro, a band of brothers, uh, ancestors, that was there that that he missed. And I think as Christians, we, especially, you know, folks, uh, I know a lot of you are, are fans of Bible prophecy. I find a lot of people that love God's prophetic word are really loners. They're doing it on their own. They say they can't find a church. They're disconnected from the body of Christ and sometimes very proud of it. And, and you got to ask, you, is that what the Lord wants from you, really? Does the Lord want you separated from the body of Christ, separated from him, doing it alone, doing all the fighting on your own? You probably feel like you're beating the air when you do it alone, right? And that's because we've been disconnected from God's army. And we need to remain connected and focused. A, a group achieves far more than an individual. We need to be connected to the body of Christ. That's what the Lord wants. Mm, excellent point, Nathan. That's why the Bible tells us in Hebrews to not forsake the assembling of one another together. And, and I just think it's wonderful the, the strength that we have in fellowship. And Nathan, again, they're looking at Second Timothy uh, before we move on to Matthew 13, 22. Uh, back in Second Timothy, again, he says, uh, Paul says to Timothy in verse three to endure hardship. And he says, as a good soldier, they're good soldiers, Nathan. There's also bad soldiers, right? There's some of those that go AWOL. <laughs> Absolutely. And it should be sobering when you look at verse four, where it says that he may please him who enlisted him as a soldier. In other words, uh, when you gave your life to Jesus Christ, you joined the Lord's army. You were enlisted. You weren't drafted. You enlisted. And so what does the Lord expect of his soldiers? Acts 1.8, to share the gospel, to tell people the good news of Jesus Christ. Mm, excellent point. And Nathan, now that you and you mentioned verse four, I love the word because it says uh, no one entangles, uh, uh, you know, no, uh, excuse me, no one engage in warfare, uh, entangles himself with the affairs of this life. And of course, imagine a, a soldier going into in battle or going uh, overseas and he's supposed to accomplish a mission out there. And instead, he decides to just go hang out in the clubs and forget about his, uh, you know. 
uh, his duties and responsibilities. Uh, what, a, what a sad thing that is. But there are many Christians who the Lord has sent out to accomplish a mission, and they're getting caught up in so much of the things of this world, and they're not accomplishing what we're supposed to set out to do. Oh, absolutely. And there will be a time to pay for that. Uh, there will be a court-martial that's called the judgment of the just. Uh, once a church is finished and raptured up to heaven, we are there in heaven during the seven-year tribulation wages on the earth. We in heaven will go through what's called the judgment of the just. And that's where we're judged based on the works that the Holy Spirit did through us. Now, it's not a judgment for salvation. We're saved. We're in heaven, right? But it's a judgment for the works that we did on this earth. And uh, it's a scary thought to think that you may stand before the Lord and you are out, again, getting tangled in the things of this world and not being the soldier of Christ that the Lord wanted. And uh, that will show in the rewards you get. Some people will be covered in the crowns and the, and the white robes and the names and the positions of authority that the Lord will grant them as rewards. And others will, even though they're in heaven, are just barely scraping by to get in. And that's a, eternally will be recognized because we re wear our rewards forever. So um, mm. that should be a good motivator, I think, that, that people should be thinking more big picture, eternal, instead of little picture, just day-to-day -day survival. Mm, excellent point, Nathan. Absolutely. And, and in the Gospels, uh, the Word of God tells us to be cautious about certain things that will entangle us or ensnare us. Would you be able to read for us, Nathan, there, Matthew uh, 13, 22, and then we'll go to Luke 21, 34? Okay. Uh, Matthew 13, 22 says, Now he who receives seed among the thorns is he who hears the word. And the cares of this world and the deceitfulness of riches choke the word, and he becomes unfruitful. You know, Nathan, that and that's that. You know, we're warned not to get entangled uh, with certain things that that will choke us. And we see, uh, I've seen so many movies where soldiers get entangled in barbed wires. You know, they get uh, hooked on things, and before you know it, they're ineffective for what they were called to do. Absolutely. Well, what things and what would you say then are some of the affairs of this world that that distract Christians? Nathan, I think according to scripture, riches uh, is one of the things, you know, going after position and power uh, and, and uh, all these things, they can be a snare. Now, there's nothing wrong with certain things if, if in balance, but we find oftentimes that people just take it to an extreme. And then before you know it, that becomes their God. That becomes the thing where they're taking their orders from rather than from the Lord. That's a good point. Uh our family was playing that board game life. You ever remember that life game? You roll the dial and between zero to 10 and you work your way from college up to retirement. And then you get to retirement and whoever has earned the most money in life wins. And I'm like, after I was done playing that, it really struck me. I'm like, is this really what it's saying that life is? It's the whole purpose is to make money. And then you're retired. You're too old. You don't care about it anyway. Or you have to give it away to some child who's going to frivol it away. It's like, really? That's the meaning of life? In the game of life, it's so sad. I shouldn't it be what we build eternally, those eternal riches, the the lives that we lead to Christ. That that's what matters in this life. Not getting bogged down in how many vacations and trips you can get, and constantly pleasing yourself or even your family. It's 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 serving the Lord. That's the eternal perspective. That's what Christian soldiers do. They fight a war bigger than their own life. They fight an eternal battle.
Mm, excellent point, Nathan. I, I love that. And Nathan, again, also uh, our last verse, Luke 21, uh, uh, 34, if you can take us there as we consider again the things that snare and entangle and as soldiers of Jesus Christ, we're, we're cautioned against certain things, especially as we're living in the last days. Oh, that's an excellent verse. This is what Jesus Christ himself said about the end times. He said, verse 34, but take heed to yourselves, lest your hearts be weighed down with carousing and drunkenness, the cares of this life, and that day come on you, in other words, the day of his return, unexpectedly. Nathan, again, we see the traps, we see the things. Uh, you and I have been teaching about the signs of the times for a long time, and we see so much of that uh, uh, all around us. And we believe the time is, is short, that the Lord can return at any moment, that the rapture of the church is, church is imminent. And, and we need to be ready. And one of the things that soldiers are taught to do, Nathan, is to be on the lookout. To be ready, they post them in different places. They're posted uh, as guards, and they're to be uh, uh, diligent and vigilant, if you will. And I think that is a great word for us as Christians in these last days to be ready, to be vigilant, to be careful with the snares of this world. Yeah, and that's so important because this is what Jesus himself said. He, he was warning his uh, disciples, us as servants, says, "Hey, there's a there's a easy to distract Christian. <laughs> I mean." carousing, you know, uh, over socializing and, and getting drunk and, and being bogged down by all the worries of this life. And so much so that it obscures your vision, your big picture vision, that 30,000 foot view of that, that God has a plan and that he plans on coming back and, and winning victory and that we're part of that victory. And if we get bogged down, letting Satan bog us down in the, the concerns of this life, then we're unproductive. We're not fighting that battle which you were created. You know, it's amazing how many times that I hear people say, oh, what is the meaning of life or what is the purpose of life? Well, if you're a Christian, you were put on this earth to fight the good fight, to serve Jesus Christ, like that old hymn, Onward Christian Soldiers, and then eternally to have fellowship with our Creator. We have purpose, and there's, there's a lot of Christians who have already acting as if the war is over and they won, and they're enjoying the peace when the peace has not yet come. Mm, excellent point, Nathan. And you know, I, I, like we were saying earlier, there's just such a small amount uh, of believers today that are behaving and, and really engaged in this warfare. So I also want to encourage and take our, our, our hats off to those in a sense, because there's a lot of wonderful young Christians out there that are doing a fantastic job uh, winning people for the Lord. And some people that have been very committed, uh, pastors, friends of mine that do a fantastic job in this small churches, but that's that, that's that's a drop in the bucket, right, Nathan, in comparison to the church as a whole. I think the church as a whole uh, really needs help, and they need to be re-enlisted, if you will, <laughs> in recognizing the war that we're under. Well, you being a pastor, I remember once uh, bringing up that old statistic that 20% of the people in the church do 80% of the work, and you're like, nah, it's more like a 1090. <laughs> yes. That's that stuck with me because that, that's so true. Uh. And it's so true, Nathan. And, it's, and it also carries into giving and tithing. Maybe like 10% of the church tithes and the other 90% don't. And, and the same thing with service. Maybe 10% uh, uh, um, 
serve and about 90% just come. And, and it really is a sad statistic for the church, Nathan. That's really what I believe. But I believe we can turn that around. I believe anyone that is listening to this program today, the Holy Spirit is speaking to them and we can be one of those individuals uh, to make a difference. And you and I agree, Nathan, that this can only be accomplished by the power of the Holy Spirit with a personal relationship with Jesus. It's not on our own strength, but it's through the power of the Holy Spirit. And that's why you and I will always give an invitation for people to come to Christ, to allow the Holy Spirit to live in them and to empower them to be those soldiers that the Bible talks about.